We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey everyone, welcome to the Rotor Grinders Morning Grind Podcast. I'm your host, Stevie TPFL. It's Thursday, it's October 5th. It is 2023. We are going to talk a little bit Thursday Night Football. We're going to talk the showdown slate for Sunday morning as well over there in London. We originally were going to talk a little bit of baseball and football, but uh, baseball wrapped up. Um, I'd love to hear your quick thoughts here real quick, Keith, before we get into football, but Rangers, I mean, Eovaldi, I watched a lot of that start and he had it going on. Um, he had been someone that had been struggling. I was very heavy on the Rays bats. I had a really crappy second day of baseball playoff DFS, but first day paid for it. So we're good. Um, but yeah, I mean, just a great game for me, Eovaldi, the Rays, Will and I talked about it yesterday. They a lot of injuries down the stretch, and I mean the Wander Franco thing. They lost potentially two or three of their better hitters in that lineup, uh, so that one didn't shock me too much. Uh, any takeaways from the Rangers race? Uh, just the Evaldi thing was very interesting. He's a guy who really struggled down the stretch of the season, but had had a great season overall. So nice to see him back on track. Um, definitely the Rays injuries were were big deals. Obviously the the Wander Franco thing happened before all of it, but Brandon Lau being out of that lineup, uh, pretty big deal. Um, I think my overall takeaway is, is the four teams I thought would come out of the series all did. Um, I think the only surprise might've been the Diamondbacks. I thought that would be a much closer series than it was, especially with thought opening up in game one and as good as Milwaukee's uh, starting pitching is. I, I was surprised that series ended in a sweep. 
Um, but I would say Texas, Minnesota, and Philly, I thought were, were pretty clearly the better teams. Um, expected the sweep from Philly. I thought the Toronto-Minnesota uh, series would be a little bit closer as well. But they got some great starting pitching. Uh, Toronto on offense, we kind of saw falter down the stretch as well. Um, and when they're throwing two elite guys like, like Pablo Lopez and Sonny Gray out there, I'm not all that surprised by that one. Um, uh, but the Diamondbacks getting getting the game against Milwaukee yesterday was was the biggest surprise of, of any of the eight games for me. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, I mean, the Diamondbacks, that lineup is is, is a stellar lineup, and they, I feel like they're going to have to do with their bats, but, I mean, they got – Gallon had that, like, really bad – start but bounce back really well uh it's good to see him kind of bounce back there so um good to see that and then just overall i mean really thought the philly series wouldn't be that close um you know it was good to see the marlins make it to the playoffs um but you know just didn't think that one was going to be close so it doesn't shock me that the phillies kind of got that done and i know you're sad still about your cubbies over the Marlins. Um, but I mean, good for the Marlins, young team, very talented, young pitching staff. And um, I mean, they're a couple of free agents away from being like a, a team we talk about for the next few years. So uh, Blue Jays doesn't shock me that lineup. I, I've been saying it all year. They just don't have that left-handed batter to attack some of these right-handed pitchers. And, I mean, we saw two back-to-back really good games from Minnesota um, pitching, and Minnesota could be a sleeper team in the playoffs in the next round. But, um, you know, playoff baseball continues this weekend. Uh, Twins, Astros, Phillies, Braves, Diamondback, Dodgers, Rangers, Orioles. Um, Keith, out of those four series, I don't know how much you really even looked at it. Is there any upsets? I would assume that like Astros favorite, Braves favorite, Dodgers favorite, Baltimore favorite, any upsets out of those uh, series that you think we see? I think the Rangers Orioles series is really interesting. Texas has looked like they, they fell off a little bit, like um, probably around mid-September, uh, even beginning of September, like they, they were dealing with some injuries and their offense kind of fell off a little bit. We just talked about Eovaldi faltering down the stretch but the Rangers have really put it together. It seems like they, they looked really solid overall, great team. And it's just surprising how much talent they have with the amount of injuries they've dealt with. Um, Jacob deGrom, unfortunately, Max Scherzer, unfortunately, the Rangers to me still look like they can compete with a very good Orioles team. So that's definitely the series that I am 
I'm most excited about should be a very tightly matched, uh, tightly contested series. I think. I'm not gonna lie, I'm kind of excited about the Arizona LA series, and I, like I understand like the Dodgers are this really good team, but I, I feel like yeah, you're gonna have Kershaw on the bump for Game One, but they've had some injuries and you know some unexpected stuff as well happen down the stretch where they're not as good as they were two months ago. Um, so. I'm really interested to see that series. Uh, like you said, I really, I, I think Texas has the best chance to be like the sleeper, but I mean, they're not necessarily a sleeper either. They finished the season with like 90 wins. Um, you know, it was just that division was really strong. I, I can't wait to see the twins and Astros too. I think that's going to be a good series. And I mean, the Phillies play the Braves really tough. So um, really anything can happen here in all four of these. And uh, we'll be talking a little bit of baseball, a little bit of football all next week as well, um, depending on like how many games and stuff. So I know like Monday, Monday's podcast, I know we'll have like Phillies, Braves and Diamondback Dodgers plus Monday Night Football that we'll cover. So um, or I'll cover. I don't know if I have anybody scheduled. But anyway, um, Keith, we're going to talk some football, though. You know, we have Thursday Night Football. No baseball now um, on Thursday. So we could fully focus here on football. And I think... Uh, Ugly football game, potentially good DFS football game. Um, you know, you got your Chicago Bears at Washington Commanders, 44 and a half total in this one. Washington is a five and a half point favorite. True morning grind style. We'll go game by game or team by team. Um, what are your thoughts here on Chicago Bears? Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think there's some fantasy goodness in this football game. Uh, kind of a middling total. It's opened at 42 and a half. Saw it's moved up to 44 and a half. So seems like the total is moving towards a little, a few points being scored in this game. Uh, we know the Chicago defense is absolutely atrocious. Washington's defense hasn't really been all that stout either. Um, they do have some some talented players on that side of the ball. So I, I definitely agree. Washington should be the favorite here. Um, Chicago playing from behind is interesting. Justin Fields had what I would say is the best half of his NFL career last game against the yeah. Denver Broncos. Just looked amazing in the first half. Part, like his biggest problem in the NFL has been he's just holding the ball too long, but it was coming out on time. He had a monster first half against Denver. Um, I think it was something like 285 yards and three touchdowns in the first half. Of course, they, they salted the game away. Fields coughed it up on a, a, a scoop and score for Denver and then through through the pick late as they were trying to uh, come back and tie the game on a, on a late field goal. So, in true Bears fashion, they they coughed the game away. They were up twenty eight to seven at one point. Um, this is just a bad football team, but there are some talented players here. It starts with Fields, obviously. He he's expensive up there at eleven k. He certainly has has the most upside. Um, just the rushing stuff that he can give you, like he, he's a guy that can run for a hundred yards. So, Captain Fields is is something you have to have interest in. I'm I'm not generally um, rostering quarterbacks in my captain spot in showdown slates, but I think Justin Fields is the the breed of quarterback that, that you want to do that with. Um, anything passing is really a bonus. You play him for that the hundred yard bonus. He can certainly run in a touchdown or two as well. So most expensive player here, I think it's it's well deserved. Um, interested in him as the captain for the upside. The running backs I think are very interesting as well. We saw Herbert kind of pop off for a big game. Roshan Johnson has looked good, but he's just not getting very many opportunities. Uh, Herbert is out snapping him by, by a massive margin. Um, Herbert at 58% of the snaps, Roshan Johnson about 34% of the snaps. 
so I, as much as I want it, like I love playing backup running backs in showdown. And I think Roshan Johnson is a very talented player, but I am concerned about the role here. I think he's a nice value piece. I don't have a ton of interest in Herbert as, as road uh, underdogs here. Herbert's probably a guy I'd be well underweight on, but Roshan Johnson, if he can find a, a bigger role in the passing game in this, in a trailing game script, I think there's, there's upside there. So I'd, I'd go Roshan over Herbert wide receivers. Um, DJ Moore has had a, a really solid connection with um, Justin Fields. Chemistry has looked great um, over hundred yards for the second time in four games. I think you got to consider him as a captain as well. I think the bears are going to have to throw it more than they want to in this game. Uh, being, being the big underdogs here. Um, the, the rest of the Bears receiving core is is pretty rough. Mooney's been banged up and dealing with an injury. Um, Chase Claypool has, has basically checked out, and uh, I don't think he's a, any longer a part of this team. They have basically told him to stay, o- stay home and, and don't show up anymore, so don't have to really worry about him. But there's not a lot of talent on the roster outside of um, Mooney and, and DJ Moore. So finding that value-wide receiver that might be the third piece here is very difficult. St. Brown was elevated um, and active for the first time last week. Vellis Jones got a few token carries. Neither of those guys I, I see having a, a large enough role to want to take shots on. Um, I think I'd rather just the, I think the Roshan Johnson thing is a way to get a little bit different with building some bears exposure here. Um, and then tight ends Komet had an awesome game last week has been a huge part of the offense. I know you have, uh, some good stats lined up here though. Washington has, has really defended the tight end. Well, um, so Cole Komet is, is pricey at 6,400 for one. Um, and then just Washington defending the tight end. I, there's really no other tight ends on the roster that I'm interested in, in either. So um, give me your thoughts on Komet there. I, I know you had an interesting t- tidbit we talked about pre-show a little bit. Yeah, I was telling Keith pre-show, like just when you're when you're doing these like single game slates and you're like doing research, you add, you know, you come across some stuff and you're like, all right, but maybe that's our edge that we're looking for. And I mean, it's we're still very, 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 very early in the season. Um, I mean, this is week five. We have four games to kind of look at. We're kind of getting trends. We're starting to see um, what we're looking for and what we're looking at on the season and just in general. But Washington has been fantastic this season against the tight end. They allow the fewest amount of yards. They allow the fewest amount of fantasy points. Two tight ends. Uh, they rank first in defensive efficiency against tight ends this season. Um, I thought it was very interesting when I came across it because, like you said, it's not like Cole Komet, and he was one of my favorite tight end plays last week on the podcast when we were doing the breakdown, and he was low owned. Now, like he's getting a huge increase in price. He's coming off of a massive game, um, one of his biggest games of his career, and people are going to be like, "Oh, he's the new wide receiver too." because Claypool isn't here. Claypool wasn't a wide receiver, too, in the first place, first of all. Um, so, what a terrible trade that was. Man, oh, that one hurts. You win some, you lose some. They lost yeah. that one. Not even close. Um, but, yeah, I mean, overall, I think that this might be a good spot to be underweight on Komet. I mean, it depends on how many teams you build. Um, I feel like, you know, this is a three- or 20-entry max type of slate for me. I haven't decided yet. Um, I like this little showdown slate. I think it's fun. I think there's a lot of ways to build here. As far as uh, the running game goes, I might be underweight on the running game with Herbert and Johnson as well. I think if I was going to play one of the running backs, it'd be Johnson. 
we got the exact opposite game script we wanted for Johnson last week. They got up early. They gave the ball to Herbert a bunch, and they just kind of ran it as much as they could, and they lost that game because they took their foot off the gas pedal. Um, I know we want to blame it on Justin Fields. It wasn't Justin Fields' fault. They stopped doing what – I mean, they just they – dest- I watched a lot of that game. They absolutely destroyed Denver in the first half. Like, Denver had no answer. We continue to see how bad the Denver defense is. When you have a defense as bad as your defense is for Chicago, you cannot let off the gas pedal. And they did. And like Russ just kind of did stuff. Um, Could Herbert crush? Yeah. And the game script that they're winning. So I don't want to play Herbert with fields. I think that they, they limit each other's ceiling. So if I'm playing Herbert, it would probably be on a build where I'm not playing fields. Um, If I'm playing Johnson, I don't mind playing fields on that team. Johnson's cheap. And I think Washington gets up on this game. I think Chicago is going to be trailing. This is the type of game script that we want from Johnson. Um, you know, we saw earlier this year he can get big target games. So much more interested in Johnson than Herbert. Love DJ Moore, one of my favorite plays. Captain-wise here for Chicago, Fields, DJ Moore, maybe one or two teams with like Mooney, just because if they do get behind and they're trailing, I expect him to get a good amount of targets, especially if they're shutting down Cole Komet. Mooney's the number two wide receiver here. Um, St. Brown, he's going to be active, like you said. He still didn't run a ton of routes last week, so I'm not too concerned about him um, vulturing too much. Touchdown at his price, though, is huge. Um, So maybe if you're playing like a 20 entry or 150, you get exposure to him. But yeah, my captains for Chicago, probably more fields. I don't think I build a Herbert captain team. I don't know if he necessarily has that ceiling. You know, we've seen so many times already this year. If they get behind in the game, they're just not going to, they're just not going to use Herbert as they should, but they're not going to. So um, one other tidbit I have, you know, Keith talked about fields is rushing upside. Washington has been really, really solid against the run, but they have allowed the third most rushing yards per game to quarterbacks this season. So it could be a good spot for fields. They can pressure the quarterback. This <laughs> we, we know how bad the offensive line for Chicago can be. Uh, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't be shocked if like we get four or five non-designed fields runs. And I mean, that might be enough for him to break 40, 50, 60 yards. So um, really like fields. Like you said, he has that, passing upside with the rushing upside so i've got one more name that's just like a super punt definitely wouldn't play him in single entry or three max super large field tournament only but tyler scott the rookie really fast wide receiver um they're scheming plays for him he's received at least one touch in in three of the four games um a guy that has big playability he's 200 minimum salary so i i don't mind him as a, a deep tournament tournament flyer Tournament flyers are exactly what you're looking Need for. Need them in showdown, right? Yeah, I mean that's he falls in the end zone and you're you're cooking. Yeah, I mean sometimes you can have these like two hundred dollar guys do absolutely nothing and still be okay in showdown. So, uh, let's go to the Washington side. I think the Washington side super interesting here. Chicago defense stinks. I mean it's no it's no secret by any means. We know how bad this defense is. Um, yeah, I mean Chicago they rank twenty third in DVOA. Um, or 31st in DVOA against the pass, 21st in DVOA against the run. They're just not great. Um, I think Hal is fantastic. It's more of just like they have four potential pass catchers here and trying to narrow down which ones. Because, I mean, you could play 
You can play Hal. You can play two of the pass catchers. Um, it's McLaurin. It's Dotson. It's Curtis Samuel. It's Logan Thompson. Logan, Logan Thomas. I think this is a fantastic spot um, for Robinson Jr. It is a short week. You know, you, you always worry about running backs on a short week. But because of that Philly game, he didn't, you know, he didn't have like a 20-yard or 20-rushing type of game. So uh, love this spot for Robinson. Uh, if you if you're building like the lineup where you think Chicago because in showdown your lineups should tell a story in showdown. So if you're building a, a showdown lineup and you ha- are building a Chicago gets up type of lineup, I wouldn't mind mind getting a little Gibson when they get down. They'll use Gibson out of the backfield to catch three or four five balls, um, and he's cheap. So like if he turns one of those catches and falls in the end zone, huge play. So. Um, yeah, Washington's really interesting, but Keith, like where we have teams we talk about all the time when we're doing our main slate breakdown, where like you have condensed on where you know the production's going to go. I mean, we know they're going to get targets to McLaurin and Dotson. We know Samuel's going to have design plays for him. And Thomas is tight end number one when he's there. His red zone presence is why you're taking shots on him. Um, what are your thoughts here on the commanders? Yeah, Brian Robinson, I think, is is the main one that I want the most exposure to. I, I think he's going to be my highest exposed captain. Um, we know that that Washington is comfortable just giving him 20-plus carries when, when game stri- script dictates. We haven't seen it very often this year, if at all. I think they've been – I don't know that they've been up by more than one score at any point this season. So, um, like, this, this is a spot where I feel like Robinson could see 20 to 23 carries um, – he, he's kind of expensive, but the just Chicago defense can't stop anybody. Um, Washington should be able to get the lead here. I feel, feel like Brian Robinson is, is my favorite play. Uh, I, I like Sam Howell as well. Um, a little bit of rushing upside there. This Chicago defense, not only is it terrible, but they're also missing like their entire secondary. Um, Eddie Jackson might make it back. I'm pretty sure Jalen Johnson is going to miss this one. And Kyler Gordon is going to miss that this one, two of their cornerbacks. So this Washington passing game could also just absolutely feast. Um, I think even if that's the case early, they still lean on Brian Robinson heavily once they have the lead here. But Howell is very interesting just because of how bad the, the back end of the Chicago defense is. Um, Terry McLaurin is certainly a guy I want uh, captain exposure to. We know he has massive play, big play potential. Um, was a little bit banged up in training camp dealing with turf toe. Um, so I think we've seen him get off to a little bit of a slow start. feel like there's definitely more targets coming his way. Right now he's pretty even with um, Jahan Dotson as far as target share goes. 18.5% for Terry McLaurin, 17% for Jahan Dotson. So I feel like McLaurin's going to be in that low 20, like 22, 23% range when all is said and done this season. Um, getting healthier every week. He, he's the big upside guy here for me. Dotson's certainly fine. Um, and Samuel's going to get those touches, like you mentioned. Um, like they, they run design plays for him. Uh, they'll, they'll use him in the running game a little bit as well. Uh, we've seen him get like the end around uh, uh, in the red zone. Like that's, that's a super valuable touch. So Samuel at only 5,600. Very interesting. Um, the Gibson stuff, I like he's so cheap. Like the role has not been great. Um, but I, I think like a Khalil ha- captain, a Khalil Herbert captain team is like the type of team that you would want to play somebody like Antonio Gibson on. Um, he's cheap enough that like if they don't lean on Robinson heavily for 20 plus touches, um, cheap enough where he could get there on, on limited volume. But the role has not been great. Logan Thomas, 
struggle with him a little bit too. Just hasn't been able to stay on the field much. Like you said, you're, you're kind of just hoping that he catches a touchdown. You'd probably be okay if, if you get that touchdown from him. Um, but yeah, I feel like, I feel like Washington's going to put up more points. They are, they're probably the team that I want the uh, more exposure to of, um, of the two teams, but it's Robinson first. And then I would say McLaurin would be my second highest on gaps captain on the slate. Then I probably go fields. But this this Washington offense has just crazy potential here against a, a really bad Bears defense. Yeah, I mean, you know, you get a little bit of big play potential from Brown as well. Um, like if you you only need that one home run play, you know. So I, I don't mind even taking shots on Brown. See a little bit of Pringle. Um, I, I really think someone needs to be ruled out for me to get the Pringle. Um, but I mean, he's a guy that you know, has a little bit of special teams upside as well, but not someone I probably get to do. I agree with you, Robinson. My three favorite captains right now, probably Robinson, DJ Moore, probably McLaurin. Um, If I build 20, like if I build three, it'd probably be focused around those three guys. But if I build like a 20 entry max, I'll probably captain Curtis Samuel just a little bit here because like he is someone that's capable of scoring like 15 plus um, if he does get that touchdown. So he's really cheap. So like, if you do get 15 from him in the captain spot and you're able to, you know, then you're able to really kind of build out the rest of your team. Um, You know, you just give yourself a little bit more upside. So showdown, fun showdown game, uh, fun Thursday night football game. So it'd probably be extremely ugly because every time we think we're going to get a fun Thursday night football game, it's extremely ugly, but um, yeah, just overall fun game, a lot to look at here. Um, and I mean, let's talk really quick before we move on to the, the London game from a, you know, fantasy pick them, fantasy pick them, you know, outside looking in, was there anything on the pick them streets that kind of stood out to you for this game? Yeah, I'm, I'm taking a long, hard look at, at Brian Robinson over 65 and a half rushing yards. Um, it's moved up a little bit. It opened around 61 or 62. Um, 65 and a half, I still think is too low. Like I mentioned, really think they're going to play with a lead here. They're, they're, we've seen them give it to Robinson 20 plus times before. They're like, this is a perfect game script for Brian Robinson just to go nuts. So give me, uh, Brian Robinson over 65 and a half rushing yards. I don't know if it's still up, but on prize picks, they do those like, um, Twitter, um, like tacos where they like give a guy a huge discount. I think the max is like $25. You can put on it but it was it was brian robinson over seven and a half fantasy points um if that's still if that's still available um make sure you make sure you take advantage of that i i really like the more than seven and a half fantasy points from him um love that you talked about brian robinson just got done writing him up on scores and odds uh to hit over 64 and a half so I'm going to go to DJ Moore. We talked about DJ Moore. Um, I love this spot for him. I think it's a really, really tough spot for Cole Komet. And I think that DJ Moore, I mean, you were on him week one and it was like, all right, why'd they bring this guy in? They didn't use him. (laughs) But since then, seven, six, and nine targets. Um, He's had two really good games. The game against Kansas City, the Bears just got beat by a better team. He still scored in that game. Um, but he is by far the number one option for Justin Fields. He looked at him first time, like first, first look last week, 50% of the time. First look was DJ Moore in his nine targets against that Denver defense. So Washington's still a team that you can beat through the air. And I, I love the more than 
49 and a half receiving yards. So we'll do a little two pick power um, on Brian Robinson and DJ Moore. And it's just funny because those are the two that I wrote up on scores and odds uh, before we got rolling here. So we're giving them out to you guys for free, but we'll have a ton of other stuff on scores and odds. So if you haven't checked it out, check them out. All right, let's go to the London game. Another kind of fun game. Um, I wish this game was on the main slate and it was being played in Buffalo, but I mean, I understand, you know, the NFL going overseas. Jacksonville getting to stay there a week, I think, is a huge bump. Um, you know, not having to travel there. Uh, I'm assuming Buffalo probably traveled there Monday or Tuesday. But uh, Jacksonville got to stay there for a week. 48 and a half total in this game. Um, pretty solid total. You know, obviously, we got Buffalo minus five and a half. They have a 27 implied team total. But we're going to go Jacksonville first because we always do. The visiting team first, um, Zay Jones banged up last week against Atlanta. Agnew banged up last week against Atlanta. Um, I think those are the two that we're kind of watching here as far as like who's potentially in and out. I haven't looked at defensive um, injuries. I don't do that until Friday. Thoughts here on the Jacksonville Jags against Buffalo after they embarrassed, embarrassed my Dolphins last week. <laughs> Yeah, the London Jaguars, right? They, they get back-to-back yeah. games here in London. Um, I, like, not making that flight, I agree. It's a, like, obviously, Buffalo has a couple of days to recover here, but not nothing like Jacksonville, who flew out what, a week and a half ago um, and played that game last week. So I, that, that could be an advantage. It could keep this game closer than maybe expected. Um, plus, Jacksonville, we know, like, they've kind of been London's adopted team. They, they play there pretty much every year. Um, so like I expect a pretty close game here. Um, Buffalo is, is certainly a, a better team, I think, but just the uniqueness of, of this game being in London, um, should keep it pretty close. There's plenty of, uh, explosive players here on this Jacksonville team to target. Um, I think you're looking at the dynamics of Calvin Ridley, um, looked like he was really going to take off and run away with their kind of as their alpha wide receiver, we saw Kirk, Christian Kirk blow up again. Like they're clearly just not letting him go away. Um, another game with double digit targets for him as, as the cheaper man. Like, I think I might lean to Kirk over Ridley um, in this spot. It's close. I want exposure to both of them because they're both super talented and, and can blow up for big games, but we're talking about a, a $3,200 discount down to Kirk. If he can, like, I don't even need double digit targets. Just give me eight targets to, for Christian Kirk. He can definitely play out, pay off this mid-range uh, salary tag. So really like Kirk in this game. ETN is always in play. We saw him with with a massive role. Um, struggled last week against Atlanta, but Kansas City is a team that that you can run on. Um, Eighty six hundred, like, and he has the passing game role too. That like we were hoping he would have that last year. Never really saw it. He's had it um, this year. At least three targets in every game. Um, so ETN, I think even, even if you expect the Jaguars to trail here, he's, he's certainly in play as well. Ingram hasn't quite had the explosion game. Like we saw him pop off a couple of times last season. Hasn't found the end zone yet this year, but still a really solid role for Evan Ingram. Um, eight targets in each of the last three. So definitely like that. Um, let's see. And then Trevor Lawrence, of course, like probably a guy I talked about it last, like the last game I, I won't use Trevor Lawrence in the captain spot. I'd rather go to one of the wide receivers here, even ETN. I think Ingram could be in consideration as well. Um, they just tend to get a little bit overused here. 
not saying that Lawrence can't have a huge game, but I think generally, especially on DraftKings, you're seeing those um, receivers kind of elevate with with the point per reception. Um, so give me the receivers and the captain, even a sprinkle of Ingram and, and ETN as well before Lawrence. Yeah, so, um, you know, you talked on Christian Kirk. He has the highest target rate on this team. Um, so his target rate is higher than Ridley. Ridley have, has the bigger name, um, no doubt about it. The other thing that I find interesting is like Ingram, his target rate is actually higher than Calvin Ridley's as well. Like we saw, we all kind of expected a big season for Calvin Ridley after week one in Indy. And I still think like he has a huge role here. I just feel like Christian Kirk, um, his role is just as high. So really interesting spot. Um, I think like ceiling wise, I prefer Christian Kirk over Calvin Ridley, even though I, I do feel like Calvin Ridley has an incredible amount of upside, but I, I just think that Kirk right now, right now, I think Kirk has more ceiling than Ridley. Um, but I, I like both of them. I think this is a tough matchup. Ridley's still going to get like the top corner um, just anytime he's facing an offense. And that always kind of stinks, but um, I do, I did want to note that like, Buffalo is potentially going to be dealing with a few injuries here. Um, obviously, White, he was an Achilles, right? He's out for the season. Yep. Um, that's huge. Uh, he's a very good corner. So, um, you know, kind of pay attention to that. And then to kind of go back to, I was talking about Zay Jones being banged up. He didn't get banged up last week. He got banged up in, I think, week two, missed the last week, um, yep. but potentially back this week. Um, so pay attention to that. So, um, and then the other thing, and we'll talk about it. I saw, um, Josh Allen is banged up, not the quarterback for Buffalo, but the defensive player from Jacksonville, who probably their best defensive player, um, in this defense. So pay attention to that. But again, check, check defensive injuries on Friday, Saturday, because they, they change a ton. Uh, but as far as Jacksonville, my favorite play is probably Christian Kirk. I love the Ingram call. I, I feel like he's just a touchdown away from breaking a slate, and why not break the slate here against Buffalo? Um, so love love Evan Ingram um, just upside-wise in this spot. I mean, Buffalo is a really tough team against tight ends, and, like, I, I get that. Um, you know, it's a tough spot, but I like the upside there. Um, I think Christian Kirk has a big game. I, I really do. Um you know, I think this is a really tough spot for ETN, but he doesn't come off the field. Um, so, like, opportunity is there for ETN. Really tough spot for him, though. I mean, if you're getting, if you're getting like, into the large field tournament stuff, I really want to see if, like, Zay Jones plays. If he's out and Agnew plays, I would have interest in Agnew. Uh, the one game that he played that Zay Jones was out, he really kind of took the target share of Zay Jones. So... If Agnew's back and Zay Jones is out, definitely looking at Agnew. Um, outside of that, I don't think I'm really looking at anything else here from Jacksonville. Um, if both of those guys out, like Tim Jones will see the field a little bit, but I don't think we're playing Tim Jones. Favorite captain plays from Jacksonville, Christian Kirk probably. Um, Calvin Ridley, I don't think this is a Trevor Lawrence captain spot for me. Um, he just doesn't – like he doesn't have that like rushing – touchdown upside typically um so buffalo side keith I, I mean they just absolutely put it on by <laughs> dolphins um i had so many Tua, 
Hill, Diggs, and Allen, Hill, Diggs stacks. And it was just like, oh my God, Diggs and Allen are there. I just need Tyreek, man. And um, it didn't happen. I had a, we'll talk about it on tomorrow's podcast. We break down the full slate for this week, but I had a lot of things right. And the things that I had wrong, I had way, way too much of the things that I had wrong. So um, not a good week four for, for your boy. Buffalo, um, I mean, I think obviously like Diggs, especially like in this matchup, like is going to be a very popular captain play. But how can you really argue it? I, I feel like his target share and his role in this offense is just so great. Um, I will say that this is a fantastic spot for the tight ends. The Jags have struggled against tight ends already. It was something we talked about a lot last year. This could be a spot if if Knox sits, he's dealing with a quad. If Knox sits and he doesn't play with this quad, I think he plays. But if he sits, like Ken Cade might be one of my favorite captain plays um, if Knox sits. Like that's how much I like the tight ends here. Yeah, I, I love that call. I'm interested in Kincaid either way, but you take Knox out of the equation here, like that that red zone role just grows massively for Kincaid. So he, I agree with you. He would be in play as a captain um, if we get Knox out. I like him as a flex play, even if if Knox is in there, though. Like we've seen him run a ton of routes, another five targets for him last week. Uh, and just like he's a guy that's involved, but just hasn't really had that big game yet. Love the price tag at, at 5K. I think it's high enough where he's not going to be like massive chalk. If he was down at 3K where with Dawson Knox, I think he would be extremely popular. But um, Knox being cheaper, I think, is, is an interesting dynamic. Um, so I and I think you could play both of them together as well. Um, if, if Knox does suit up, Knox catches the touchdown and you get six catches for 60 yards from Kincaid, I think that that's good enough in the in the flex. Um to kind of go that route. Diggs is, is the obvious story here. What a massive game for, from him last week. The price tag is up there, but like you said, how do you argue it? Um, he's just, this is an explosive offense. He's the most explosive player in the offense. Have to have a ton of interest here. Um, Gabe Davis is not a guy that I generally play a ton of. He's priced up in this spot as well. Um, so I think I probably end up underweight on him unless he comes in super low owned, but he's got a, a touchdown in each of the last three weeks. So that, that price tag is kind of followed along with that. Um, he, he's a guy who's not going to have a huge role, but he's, he's got that big play potential, right? So like the upside is there. It's going to depend on ownership for Gabe Davis. For me, don't love the spot for James Cook either, honestly. And he's, he's quite pricey. I think I just try to get jamming as much digs and the tight ends as I can in this spot. Um, I do want a little exposure to Josh Allen in the captain just because he has that rushing touchdown upside that we talked about with Fields. That's the type of cap quarterback that I do like to play in captain. Um, like Allen could certainly run into and throw for another three, and all of a sudden he's the guy you absolutely have to have. So we'll have a little exposure to Allen in the captain. If he's going to be 20% owned in the captain, I'll probably be under that. Um, but I definitely think you have to have a little bit of exposure. Um, but yeah, di I'm with you. Digs and the tight ends are are my preferred plays here on Buffalo. Just want to like also mention that like Tyler Bass is very useful um, in a showdown slate here. This guy is just uber consistent, and they get in the red zone a ton. Like this offense is going to move the ball a lot. 
Um, so definitely just want to throw that out there. Like he has double digit fantasy points in three or four games this year. I know we don't talk about kickers because they're not on the main slates, but uh bass, very interesting here. Like you don't typically see a, a kicker um get this type of like pricing. Um, but I, I think like he's one of the potential kickers that like I might actually pay that price for. Um if Knox plays, very interested in Knox just because like this guy catches touchdowns on big stages. It seems like every single time. Uh, so would love that spot watching the, um, Damian Harris news. Uh, cause if he were to sit, I think that would, you know, potentially open up playing a little bit more Latavius Murray. Um, Latavius Murray is always that like guy you're worried about, like the vulture touchdown anyway. So I think like, depending on how many teams you're building, you're probably getting a little exposure to Latavius Murray, even though, we know that Cook's the lead back here. We know that Josh Allen is the guy that can potentially run it, run it in on the goal line. Josh Allen showed us a ceiling last week. 39 fantasy points against my Dolphins. A 158 passer rating in that game. Just a phenomenal Josh Allen. like Showing us that, like, hey, Buffalo's here to stay. Sorry. Um, Before we get out of here, let's go to the Pick'em Streets again here. Um, is there anything jumping off the board to you here in this Jacksonville Buffalo game? So there's, there's not quite as many up for this game. Um, obviously being a couple of days away yet. Um, I was wanting a Kirk, Christian Kirk reception. Um, I'm, I just looked on prize picks. I don't know if it's, it's up on any of the other pick'em sites. Um, that's the one I was looking at is, is Christian Kirk. If you can get that at like five and a half was the number I was hoping to see um let's see here i'm quickly pulling up underdog for you here christian kirk is at five higher or lower on underdog yeah i will take higher than five christian kirk receptions yeah i I definitely i don't hate that at all um i'm gonna like we'll go underdog with this one because it's the same for me um but i'm gonna go so they have targets on underdog and I like Dalton Kincaid's targets higher than four. Um, yeah. He's had at least four targets in three or four games. The one game that he did not, they absolutely smashed Washington. Um, we've talked about how this guy is using the slot. He's basically a slot receiver. Jacksonville stinks against this um, position. So I'm going to go Kincaid higher than four targets. I don't even need catches or anything like that. Um, just going straight for the targets here. So we'll do a little two pick and play here on underdog for the um, Sunday morning game. You know, Christian Kirk higher than five receptions and King Dalton Kincaid higher than four targets. Love really like um, that one. Yeah. That one, like I just, I was going to say, so like my, the one that I wrote down was Kincaid um, higher than or more than 27 and a half receiving yards on prize picks. But um i i definitely like this uh four target number it moves right like it, this has to this has to move i feel like um people will notice this like i instantly noticed and i was like all right i'm taking that so yep all right keith that's gonna wrap it up for thursday night football sunday morning football um we'll be back tomorrow friday with the full breakdown 10 games this week uh because of, we already have uh some bye weeks we have the obviously the the Sunday morning London game, but this week is fire. I've already started my content for um, week five, and I can tell you right now for certain I am on plays that nobody else is on um, because I've already done expert rankings, and I have guys ranked first and second that nobody even has in their rankings. So can't wait 
to break down the slate with you tomorrow. Um, appreciate everyone hanging out with us here. If you haven't already, subscribe to the Roto Grinders Morning Grind YouTube page. What are you doing? Go help us out. We wanted to get to a thousand before the end of the year. We got to push. We got two fifty left to get to that thousand mark. Go hit the subscribe button. Tell your mom to hit the subscribe button too. We know she's on YouTube. Hope everyone has a fantastic Thursday. We're back Friday talking football. Have a good one. We'll see you then.